Good afternoon and welcome to The Chat. I'm Michael Detweiler, your host, and today it's an honor to have somebody I consider a friend. She is the vice mayor of Cookville, Lauren Wheaton, and I think she wears other hats, like maybe mom, wife, nurse, nurse practitioner, yes, so. uh-huh. carpool manager, I'm the team mom for our t-ball team okay. right now, so yeah, just a, just a few things going wow, on. Wow, <laughs> just a few. So, so tell us about Lauren, you know, where were you born, where did you grow up? And so then, yeah, I'm not from Cookville. How did you get here? I, all that fun, all the all the all that fun. Yes, stuff. I consider myself a transplant. Uh, I am not from here. Interesting fact: my mom is actually from Sevierville, Tennessee. Really? She grew up in East Tennessee, moved to Mississippi. She went to Ole Miss, and then she says it's funny because she's like, "I'm from Tennessee. I moved to Mississippi, and my daughter moved back to Tennessee." So they love coming to visit. They're actually coming in town soon. Um, but yeah, I'm originally from Mississippi, grew up there, went to Ole Miss um, to get my bachelor's degree in nursing. That's what I ended up studying, became a nurse, and then moved to Nashville and decided I wanted to get my master's, so went to Vanderbilt. Mm-hmm. So I still I still bleed red and blue. I'm still the Ole Miss fan, but most of my money went to Vanderbilt for schooling. <laughs> but while I was there in Nashville, met my husband, Wade Wheaton, who is a born and raised Cookvillian. Is that, yes. is that yeah, what we that's, are? That's easy Cook, enough. Cookvillite. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, so met him and got married. And he actually moved me. We lived in Wilder, Tennessee. Oh, yeah. Word. Clark Range. That's wow. where we lived our first year of marriage. He was working up there at the time. I was a cheerleading coach for the high school. I mean, we were all all up in there. And um, then I, I was still driving to Nashville for work. And finally, I kind of looked at him and said, I love you. I'm driving four hours every day, so I'm going to move to Cookville. You can come with me yeah. <laughs> or I'll see you on the weekends, but I've got to get closer. And so we moved to Cookville and he got the opportunity to get in with the Farm Bureau agent office here. That's awesome. And yeah, and we settled down, planted our roots, bought a house. Have two kids, and here we are now. So, how old are your kids? They are five. I have to think about it. Five yeah. and seven. We wow. have a yes. We have a preschool graduation this weekend. <laughs> I did back in the day. I didn't graduate from yeah. preschool. Yeah. I mean, you, senior graduation. That was it. That's yes. It. Well, yeah. now you graduate from everything. Right. So we've got a preschool graduation coming up, and we went to school today. And my daughter's last day was today, so that fun. was fun. Yeah, yes. it's it's been, and you know, obviously this year completely different we didn't get to finish out last year kindergarten ended at spring break um so it's been nice you know doing the end of the school year stuff that kind of thing yeah that's fun Mm -hmm. so uh nurse practitioner by trade yes i i was an emergency room nurse first worked Mm -hmm. at uh, university of mississippi medical center in vanderbilt in the er so i'm an adrenaline junkie sure i love that's a bad thing to say but i love the traumas the yeah um the really you know sick ones i really like to to jump in and treat those patients i work well under pressure, I guess you could say. Um, so started out there, then got my master's, became a nurse practitioner. I worked for five years um, with a type of home health situation. I saw patients in the home who had poor access to health care, mm-hmm. low income. These were your patients who were just chronically sick. And you would go into the home and you would see why, because they were having to pick whether to pay the electric bill or to get their medicines. Sure. Well, they're going to pay to, you know, pick to pay their electric bill. So they weren't getting their medicines. Mm. Are they going to go to that doctor's appointment that they don't have transportation to? No, they're going to miss it. And then they're going to end up really sick in the ER. Yeah. So got to see a whole different aspect of healthcare and really changed my perspective on how, how healthcare should be provided mm. and did that for five years. Um, and then while I was here, transitioned into hospice is what I do now. Wow. And, 
It's something I'm very passionate about. I think end-of-life care is very important. It's still relatively new, you know. Right. A long time ago, they didn't care what your final wishes were. You got sent to the hospital. Everything was done. So now I have the ability to make sure uh, family members, you know, get to be around their loved ones at home at, at their final moment. So I can do it. And so, therefore, I feel like there's no reason I shouldn't be doing it. So that that really, you know, I still get my clinical, my 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 connection with my my patients right there. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that is awesome. Since it's a political show, yes. called the chat. <laughs> um, um, how, how and how and when did you get bit with the bug? Hey, I want to go into public service and I want to run. How, how did all that happen? It was really crazy. I always joked the the only time I entered the political realm before running for um, city council was in seventh grade. I ran for student body vice president. And failed, lost horribly. Like, I don't even think I made the top 10. I mean, so I tried it and I said, okay, that was it. I'm done. Don't like so, politics. So, so is that kind of crushing the one spirit? Yes, in you... seventh grade. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yes. I mean, yes. Cause that's a very strange oh, year for goodness. girls, especially. Especially. I have a seventh grader who's going into eighth grade. You know, so I get yeah. it. Oh, yeah. it's so, yes. It's so, I mean, yes, soul crushing. So yeah, I was never doing politics again. That was a horrible idea. Um, and never thought about doing it again. I've always been involved. You know, I've been on boards where my kids went to school. Mm-hmm. I serve on the Upper Cumberland Child Advocacy Center board. Um, always been involved in that aspect. And a friend of mine just, he mentioned it. Mm-hmm. He just kind of said, Hey, you know, I think you should run for city council. And I, I audibly laughed out loud. I mean, I went, <laughs> I did this in seventh grade. Forget that. <laughs> exactly. you know? I'm not, I know nothing about a campaign. I have two small kids. My husband, I love him. He's an introvert. Like, there's no way he is going to go for this. And I talked to him, actually. I was like, hey, listen to this. Someone thinks I should run for city council. And I expected him to laugh. And he went, no, he goes, I think you should do it. And I just went, no, wait a minute. No, I, that was you were supposed to laugh with me. And we were supposed to say, yeah, ha, ha, funny. Ha, funny. Yeah. And so I actually um, was doing a little research and took a took a look at the picture of the city council, because mm-hmm. I honestly I did not know who was on city council at the time. I knew we had one. Sure. And I, I took a look at it. And I always say this, no offense to the previous council. Sure. And by no means was it because of any discrimination or anything like that. But when I looked at the city council, I saw the same person five times over. Yes. Some a little older than others. Younger, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I just went, wow. I said, you know what? I don't see myself represented there. Yes. I'm sure if I took my interest to them, they would be open to them. But as far as you know, what, how, what I'm passionate about and what I'm looking for for the city of Cookville, I don't. I don't see it on you there. You don't see it on there. Uh-uh, I didn't. Yeah. You know, there wasn't. There was no female. It was. It was. You know. So, so you would be the young version of Gene Davis. Yeah. Right? Let me tell you, that is one of the reasons. I accredit a lot of why I did this because yeah. people said, "Go talk to Gene Davis. Right. Go talk to Betty Vaden. Right. Go talk to the, these women who have been on there." And I did. I went and spoke with them, and and that was the amazing thing is I kept waiting. You know, I mean, I prayed very hard about it sure, and said, "God, if I'm supposed to do this, you know, make it yeah. happen. If I'm not." Close, close the door. Close the door. Slam that door. He threw the doors open. Sure. Every person I talked to said, "Yes, you should do it. Here's what you need to do." And yeah, so she was she was integral, honestly, in why I decided to run. And so after talking to her, a bunch of my mom friends, mm-hmm. we got together and we said, "Okay, let's do a campaign." And that's let's where it started, January of 2018. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, when we come back, we're going to have more with Cookville Vice Mayor Lauren Wheaton here on the chat. Welcome back to the chat. Today, my guest is Vice Mayor of Cookville, Lauren Wheaton, 
And you were talking about as we went to the break that, okay, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for council. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you got to go knock on doors and meet people. Was that a hard thing to do? For me, no. I, I'm a people person. Sure. I love I love developing relationships with people, figuring out what's interesting to them, how we can connect, what they're looking for. And especially once I found out, you know, what what I would be doing as a city council member, I really wanted to ask people in Cookville, hey, what are you looking for in a city councilman? Do I do I meet those needs? Is that mm-hmm. something that I can fulfill for you? And I also got to learn more about Cookville. I went and met with every department head before okay. I before I ran because I wanted to know how the city worked. I had not had any involvement in city government. So it was very foreign to me. And being a medical professional, I'm not going to go into the OR unless I know what I'm doing. So I sure. I did my homework and I went and met with all the department heads. I met with the city manager, met with formal council members and said, hey, what does this look like? What what are my responsibilities going to be? So I made mm-hmm. sure I knew what I was getting into. Um, and then I just I just ran with it. I Like I said, I love meeting people. I have to give my husband credit. Uh, he he <laughs> went to a lot of those events with me, and if I was at an event, thought through his introvertedness. Oh, yeah. He would look at me and say, "I can't extrovert anymore." I was like, "That's okay. You you go home with the kids. I'll stay here." Yes, he he did not get to play as much golf that year. He watched those kids, um, but it was you know I, I enjoyed it. I, we had a group of moms. And I mean, you put a group of moms together, like we're going to get stuff done. Mama bears. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. We'd, we'd have meetings at my house and you'd see all the suburbans outside and kids running around in the yard. And that was our campaign meeting. That's, there you go. We, yeah, that was that was the Bring season we were in. Yeah. So that is what we did. So we did that. And I just wanted to get on city council. That's all sure. I was looking for. I was, you know, I'm not from Cookville. Sure. Um, I'm new to the political realm. Yeah, if I could slide in on slot five. Oh, yeah, there, I, would, I was happy. Yes. And so election night happened and we're all sitting there watching the results come in. And I'm sitting there going, is this happening? You know, I mean, yes, like hand over the mouth. Like, yeah. am I going to be the gavel swinger? I was you like, know? Oh, oh my God. You know, I was I was just so honored that that many people mm-hmm. who maybe didn't even know me that I didn't get the chance to meet, but that had heard about me or, you know, wanted to give me the opportunity voted for me. And so at the end of the night, yeah, I was the second most votes, which, you know, um, technic- traditionally means right. person who gets the most votes, mayor, person who gets the second most vo- is vice mayor. But right. essentially what actually happens is city council goes in and we we're the ones that make that decision. Um, so but yeah, at the end of the night, I thought, oh, my goodness, I, I could be the vice mayor of Cookville. And it was <laughs> such a honor just that, that that many people, like I said, first time around voted for me. So I, you know, jumped right in um, with, with the city council. You get to kind of find your area that you're interested in and being in healthcare. Sure. Being um, a mom, uh, I'm serve on the Family Justice Center board. Um, I was helping out with the Healthier Cookville board, uh, doing the hospital board now. Mm-hmm. So I, I really found my areas that I want to be involved in, which is what the great thing about city council sure. is you're doing your stuff across the board at your meetings and things like that. But then you get to really get into those valleys where you really get to put your, you know, your signature on what's happening in Cookville. So if you're just joining us, um, this is the chat. I am Michael Detweiler. My guest today is Lauren Wheaton. She is the vice mayor of Cookville. Were there any surprises or things you didn't expect or um, not what you thought it would be kind of moments? Definitely, for sure. Um, I think the meetings, honestly, you know, our city council meetings, 
are so short. Yes. Uh, that is one thing that's right. surprising. But the reason they are is because before every me- before every meeting that Thursday on the Monday before we have a work session sure. where we get to sit down and really hash out things. They're open to the public. Sure. I welcome anyone to come anytime to see. You don't get to talk while you're there, but you get to listen to us. But we, we have those work sessions where we sit down and really get to know what's going to be on the agenda. It gives us time to go and do our research. If we have questions, we get to ask them. I think that is such an interesting way to do meetings because my brother is actually a city attorney in Batesville, Mississippi. Okay. And so when I mentioned running to him, he's like, our meetings last three or four hours. Right, and because was, they don't have work sessions. Exactly. And <laughs> yeah. I went, well, that's not what happens yeah. in Cookville. Maybe yeah. I should suggest this to Maybe you. Maybe we should. So that was interesting to see how much preparation goes into before a meeting. Right. Um, and then also how much our department heads, city manager, how well they work together. Yes. Everyone has always said that. I think everyone always knew that. But when you see it in person... Mm-hmm. You know, so for instance, last year, COVID, obviously everything crazy, right when budget season was happening was when everything was shutting down and nobody knew what was going to happen, what this budget was going to look like. Everybody in the department said, you know what, we're going to bare bones it. We're just asking for what we need. We're going to, you know, buckle down and be prepared because Because we didn't know what tax receipts. Exactly. We, we, you know, we lowballed what our, what our sales tax revenue was going to be because we just didn't know. Sure. Which, you know, looking, you know, now is such a great thing to do because it ended up that we got more than we projected and we were actually able to give city employees raises, merit bonuses, that kind of stuff. So because we did that, we got to reap those benefits. But seeing the department heads and city manager work together in such a way that the number one goal is what's best for Cookville. It is never about I want my department to have this. I want, you know, I want this much more money. It is everyone saying what's the best thing for Cookville. You know, if we come up with a project and we need some extra help. Public Works comes in. We'll do the sidewalks, you know, that kind of stuff. Water Department comes in. We'll go ahead and get that repaired so when this goes through, it'll be ready. It just is such a, a team effort. And I know that's why Cookville is so successful is because mm-hmm. everyone is just working together for the better good of Cookville. Yeah, and I think also, um, and, and we'll talk more about this in the next seg- segment, obviously when we hire a city manager, we want to hire the best, but we also need to make sure we hire someone who has some sort of connection Mm -hmm. to the area because that city manager will be over, you know, the department heads. He's the CEO of the the city, essentially. of the city. Mm -hmm. You know, the mayor's job, and you know this, is to run the meetings. Mm -hmm. And, And so, you know... And we're kind of the figurehead, you know, we're, we're the, You're the, the face. elected arm. Exactly. Of, I like of that. Elected city. arm. How yes. about that? Mm-hmm. And, and so the, um, the, uh, city manager is kind of the head, mm-hmm. so to speak. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to have someone with a connection to it because, again, working for a member of Congress, I worked with towns in our district. I won't mention them up on the mountain, <laughs> not Monterey, um, that turned over their city administrator, city manager every couple years. Oh, that'd be so hard. It's awful, mm-hmm. you know, and they did the same thing with the chamber mm-hmm. head as well. And if you don't have continuity in those leadership positions and that relationship it creates a problem. And that's why, you know, during my term, Mike Davidson actually stepped down and we knew from the beginning we wanted to keep it internal. We knew sure. our city manager had to be someone who not only knew the inner workings of the of the city, had relationships.
relationships already with all those department heads right. knew, you know, what Cookville was about and, and the direction Cookville was going. And I'm sure there were some external candidates, but we, yes. we couldn't you, you can't you can't find that externally. That right. is someone who has been in there, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, like I say. And that was James Mills. And we have been beyond blessed to have yeah, him as our city manager. Absolutely. We're going to have more with Vice Mayor Lauren Wheaton when we come back. You're listening to The Chat. Welcome back to The Chat. I am with Vice Mayor Lauren Wheaton. And when we went to the break, we were talking about um, the different um, boards that you serve on. Um, you took on the hus- the hospital board after the mayor stepped aside from from that has that been um, a challenge for you or did it really fit into your wheelhouse it's been a challenge because uh, people I don't think know how involved the hospital board is with the hospital Uh, we have the week of board meetings we've got two meetings on Tuesday or two or three sometimes two on Thursday when the actual board meeting is so time time wise alone it's very consuming but for me it, that just it, it for me it felt very natural. Sure. I've worked in like I said I've worked at University of Mississippi Medical Center in Vanderbilt. I've never been on the administrative side. Sure. I've always been on the clinical side. But you know you 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 kind of get a feel for how things work. Um, and I like bringing the clinical aspect to the administrative side. Sure. I think that's very important to have someone who's been on the ground. Um, you know, been there working in the trenches essentially, sure. who can say, well, yeah, you know. I'm familiar with this problem. You know, that that makes sense, that kind of stuff. So who's on the nursing side, not on the physicians? Exactly. Yeah, that, too, because obviously nursing physician, that's two different areas. And so nurses are going to deal with things and and have to tackle problems differently than, you know, other problems and physicians have to tackle. So that that in and of itself, uh, I feel like I hope I'm bringing something to Mm. the board. But then also just getting to see. You know, the fact that Cookville Regional is owned by the city, there right. are there are not a lot of hospitals oh. that have that autonomy. We don't oh. we don't have to report back to Vanderbilt or to Ascension. No offense to any of right. them. But of course, well, you know, it's us. It, it's the board where it stops. Right. And so I, I take that very, very much to heart in how much responsibility I have to make sure that this hospital succeeds because we are a rural area hospital. Mm-hmm. We we you know, we take care of such a population that was my old population that I took care of, my you know sure. low-income, poor access to health care. We're it for them, and I want to make sure that we are accessible and that we provide services that literally save people's lives, sure. and Cookville Regional is doing that. So I, I was honored and, and thrilled to be a part of that board because I feel like if, if I fit in anywhere, it, it's here at the hospital sure. board. Well, that's great. Do you feel like in 2020, it, obviously a very unique year for – the hospital in terms of providing care and then trying to get reimbursed for such care. You, you know, the numbers mm-hmm. were down mm-hmm. and, and and I'm sure from a financial standpoint, that's got to be very difficult. It is. And we're actually doing budget session right now for the hospital. So, you know, you're sitting there comparing 2020 to 2021 and you almost can't because because, yeah, it's just on completely different planes. But, you know, the hospital did a great job of taking care of the patients that were there. But then when the time came where they could start opening back up and having patients come in, they did that because obviously, you know, the hospital still has to function as a hospital. You still have to provide services and get reimbursements and payments for that. So the hospital did a great job 
of balancing those two out. Thank goodness, you know, there was a lot of government funding, CARES Act, that kind of stuff where mm-hmm. they got money from. But the hospital actually hasn't had to use a ton of that, which is great. Good. Yeah. But, you know, just, just looking at those numbers financially, um, volume wise, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just it, it's you've never seen it before. You know, yes. you've never seen where, you know, you're down. 4,000 visits because people just, they weren't coming to the hospital. Sure, sure. Yeah. Because we weren't doing the, what's the phrase they use? Elective surgeries. Elective mm-hmm. surgeries. Right. Well, and people didn't want to get out, so they weren't going to the hospital, period. Sure. So then you ended up seeing people who were sicker because they were waiting longer. Right. So yeah, they, they did a great job for the hospital their size to handle that. I'm sure the emergency department was happy not to have to manage the flow on the waiting room <laughs> side. Way, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm sure they sat there and said, hey, please, can we keep it like this forever? What's you know? going on? Yeah. Now, you never want to say the Q word. You never say I the understand. quiet word. Yeah, when you're working. That's a yeah, bad but word. Exactly. But they probably were going, it's so quiet. quiet. What's yeah. going uh-huh. on? Exactly. And we don't have 28 family members waiting in the. Oh, man. I mean, the, the ER, I think if you've worked in the emergency room, you, you know how to multiply task you know how to triage you know how to communicate with people you know how to take communication coming back sure, at you sure. yeah yeah that's yeah. a whole different you beast in of itself you don't wear what somebody says on you forever no, you, you cannot. let it go yes. you let it go mm-hmm. so in in the last couple of minutes um do you think the average person out there understands the separation between um city of cookville and the way the hospital is set up. And I think that's, to me, okay, as a layman out in the community, I don't think people get that. And and no, I don't. And it took me a while. It took us. We really, even on the council, we kept sure. asking questions. Okay, where does the city council authority lie? Where right. does a hospital board authority lie? And we don't. And the council is to approve the budget. Exactly, yeah, to approve the budget. And then we started taking a look at, well, this is a $300 million budget. Right. And once I sat in on the board side versus the city council side, I, I spoke up and I did say, hey, there, if you're counting on me to relay this information to you, I cannot do it. This is too much information. Mm-hmm. There, There's too many inner workings here that if you want more information from the budget, you know, we are going to we'll have bring, to open up this yeah, discussion. We'll bring a of the financial head yes yes CFO we're gonna have the hospital here we're gonna have a work session questions. yeah and answer those questions so it, and it is one of the largest assets of the city too and so at the end of the day the city council at least you know the ones i've talked to we feel very responsible about signing our name at sure. the end of that budget because you know that's us approving it and it was very hard to do with the information that we had at the time and that's why i've really enjoyed Maybe not everyone, but I've enjoyed having these work sessions. I I think communication is so important and Mm -hmm. transparency. And Mm -hmm. when you're putting everything out on the table and you're able to have those discussions, it just makes those decisions easier. So I I have enjoyed, like I said, the the other work sessions we've had moving forward. I'll be honest. I would like to see a more in-depth work session like we're doing now with the hospital budget when it comes to budget time. Because, again, yeah, our only authority is to approve that budget. But that's a huge, huge ask. Budget. Yeah, it yeah, is. and a huge right. budget. It yes, is. it mm-hmm. is. Well, I can tell you this, you know, as somebody who who worked under the budget chairman of the United States. So she's chairman of the budget for the House. And we only had control of one third of the total budget. Really? Think about this. So things like Social Security, Medicare, other, you know, what are called entitlements were Whatever the bill is, that's what we have to pay. So that took up two-thirds of the U.S. budget. Wow. 
And so we only had control of one third mm-hmm. of the entire U.S. budget. Exactly. And so when we negotiated with the White House and Senate, that's all we were talking that's, about. And that's all you've third. got. And, and so people would yell at us, we'll make the budget balance. We can't. It's impossible. You're already, yeah, you're already behind because right, you've only got the third. Right, yeah, you've right. only got one portion of because it. Because if we cut out every single dollar for roads and for hospitals from the federal side, the budget still doesn't balance. Mm-mm, no, yeah, because so, you still don't have, yeah. So that was a gigantic slap in the face to mm-hmm. go, wow, we only control a third of this. So that's kind of my experience from the budget side. It's been a thrill to have you on the show. Thank, Thank you so you much. I've enjoyed this. It Absolutely. flew by. It did. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to take us out of here. You're listening to the chat. Thank you for being here and have a great day.